Welcome to Sellersburg United Methodist Church Podcast, where we bring our mission to make disciples of Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world to you, wherever you are. Glimpsing the kingdom. Isn't that exciting? Did anybody happen to find someone they didn't know very well and invite them to get together sometime this week, or maybe you set the time this past week for a time coming up. Did anybody do this? No, I challenged you. All right, there's always time, amen? Find somebody, somebody you don't know, and just say, hey, let's get together. I've got a lunch planned, I'm excited, someone that's just been coming very new and just wanna hear her story and she's gonna hear mine and and I trust it will be a good thing. Uh, Glimpses of the kingdom. The kingdom, the activity and influence of God present here on earth through the spirit-empowered people of the church. How wonderful. The kingdom's here today. Amen? It's in this place. Amen? The Christian faith is centered on following Jesus Christ as a disciple. A disciple who's committed to the kingdom that Jesus ushered forth began and continues today. So we spend our lives learning and growing. That's what a disciple is, as a student, someone who learns and grows. We spend our life as a disciple, learning what it means to be a human being as it was intended, learning how that fits into the family. So we're learning to live in our identity, one, as children of God, two, as siblings to each other, and three, as neighbors to everyone else in our world. And really, these are all one and the same thing, aren't they? For children of God, we're siblings and we're neighbors. So this is a process to which we commit ourselves every day. It started with a yes in baptism and it continues with yeses every day. And sometimes some of those yeses are not easy. Can I get an amen? They're always easy with me though, right? No, I'm just kidding. We mature and we grow. That's what we do. We continue learning what all these words that we use mean and how they affect us. So we live as Jesus taught himself to live. He is the way, he is the truth, he is the life. He is, and we follow and model that life. So we continue in our life. We were born in baptism, and now we're raised, as we talked about last week, in the church. And life together is wonderful, it's beautiful, is it not? It can be tricky, It can even be messy. What family doesn't have those things? Wonder and beauty, tricky and messy. We can be in this place, and I know there's plenty of life-giving nurture and support that has been given because some of you have walked some really difficult paths, and some of you are doing that right now, and I I can safely say I know there are people from the church walking beside you, lifting you up, holding you in prayer and in thought, putting their arms around you, helping you, through whatever it is you're facing. So the church is supposed to be that way. The church in Corinth that Paul helped establish is supposed to be that way, but they've experienced some divisiveness. It's what Paul deals with in this letter we call 1 Corinthians. Paul's dealing with divisiveness. So we're going to continue in the opening verses. We began verses 1 through 9 last week. Today is 10 through 18. But before we do, I want to talk to you about something I call the bigger yes. I have no idea where I got this, but I know it couldn't have been me because it's, it's brilliant and uh, 
I'm not going to give myself that credit. I've picked up, you pick up things along the way. The bigger yes, as I understand it. There's a bigger yes. It's a process by which we understand our life and how we make our decisions. Both big decisions and small decisions are all governed by the bigger yes. Now, we have bigger yeses, all of us do, whether we are aware of it or not. In my personal life, one of my bigger yeses is my family. I'm a partner to Lauren. We go through life together, and we have four kids, and we nurture them as parents. They are my big yeses. So if something came along, an opportunity came along for me that meant I couldn't be the partner and the parent that I needed to be for my family, I would have to say no to this opportunity, right? Even if it's a really good opportunity, even if it seems like something I shouldn't say no to, Now, I don't like to say no. Anybody with me there? The way I think of it is that if I say yes to this opportunity, it's actually a no to my bigger yes. So if I'm going to honor my bigger yes, I'm saying yes, which means I say no. So for example, when I was in school, I committed to learning and growing as a student I was being educated about theology and ministry, and I'd been called into this process that was very clear to me. Learning and growing and following that calling was my bigger yes. And so there were many times I was invited to participate in small groups at the, at the school. So there was one group that wanted to assemble for Bible study, and they wanted me to be a part of it. Another one, they took differing faiths, and people of the different faiths met together, and we did mission projects together because we shared a commonality that was serving our community, and so we focused on that. I say we, but I had to tell them no. Bible study and this service project, those are really good things. But being a full-time student, having a full-time job, and being a full-time parent and partner, I couldn't, I couldn't do those things without taking away from these other yeses. So my bigger yeses meant I had to say no to some really good things that I'm sure I would have experienced some wonderful opportunities. So saying yes, then I had to say no. My other tasks were just bigger yeses. Now, this kind of thing lends itself in all directions in life. You have your bigger yeses. In relationships, we're often faced with disagreements, differing perspectives, and we're faced with the choice. Which yes do I hold on to? The yes of family and love and being together or the yes in my particular perspective on this one thing, or maybe two things, or maybe a bunch of things. Which is the bigger yes? Would you rather be right or in relationship, is the way some people will say it. So even if you are trying to have a better health life right now, maybe you're on a diet, and you sit down and there's delicious food in front of you, if you've committed to consuming less sugar or less salt, Because you want to live a longer, healthier life for the people you love, that means sometimes you're going to have to say no to what's put in front of you because you have a bigger yes. That may be helpful because it's awfully hard to say no to some of the things that get set in front of you, is it not? So it's important to know what your bigger yeses are, and I invite you to spend time thinking, what are my bigger yeses? If you're trying to make a decision, if there's a conflict, what am I choosing between? Which is the bigger yes? We all want to do all we can for everybody. And sometimes we can get worn thin because we say yes to everybody, and we just can't do that. We feel guilty when we say no. 
So this is another way to think about it. It's a way to say yes while saying no. So with that in mind, let's turn to Paul's letter. This church in Corinth has divisions. They have a whole array of yeses that everyone is arguing about. People are disagreeing about a great many things, which Paul addresses later in the letter. We're not going to get to the specifics, although it's a great letter. If you want to read it and get into those, there's some pretty interesting things happening in the church in Corinth. He begins addressing all of these things by lifting up their biggest yes. Last week, we talked about he lifted up their calling. Today's their biggest yes, which is to be a unified kingdom family who embody and proclaim the message of Jesus' death and resurrection. So as we read the passage, I want you to listen for the way that Paul calls their attention to their bigger yes. Now, I appeal to you, brothers and sisters, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that all of you be in agreement and that there be no divisions among you, but that you be knit together in the same mind and the same purpose. For it has been made clear to me by Chloe's people that there are quarrels among you, my brothers and sisters. What I mean is that each of you says, I belong to Paul, or I belong to Apollos, or I belong to Cephas, or I belong to Christ. Has Christ been divided? Was Paul crucified for you? Or were you baptized in the name of Paul? I thank God that I baptized none of you except Crispus and Gaius so that no one can say that you were baptized in my name. I did baptize also the household of Stephanus. Beyond that, I do not know whether I baptized anyone else. For Christ did not send me to baptize, but to proclaim the gospel, and not with eloquent wisdom, so that the cross of Christ might not be emptied of its power. Christ, the power and wisdom of God, for the message about the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. But to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. The word of God in scripture, the word of God among us, the word of God within us. Thanks be to God. A little aside that just is funny to me, very human of Paul. He, I'm thankful that only I baptized these two people. And then it's like he's going to go, oh, wait, and I, and I baptized this family too. I imagine Paul, you know, they're reading the letter out loud that the family's like, he forgot about us. You know, so Paul's like, no, no, I forgot. I baptized you all too. I just think that's such a neat moment. Paul is a, being a, a good guy to remember everybody and not forget because we get our feelings hurt when we're forgotten, don't we? But Paul's not going to do that. Did you hear the bigger yes in Paul's lines and his opening address? It's hard to miss it because in one sentence, he says it six times in different ways. He says, siblings, sisters and brothers, which is a call to the kingdom family, be in agreement, a call to unity as one. Have no divisions, a call of unity as one. Be knit together, a call to intimate connection, kingdom connection. In the same mind, unity, and the same purpose, unity. They're called to be the kingdom family of siblings with one shared identity, one shared mind. Well, that's easy, right? Say nothing else, we're good to go, we're ready to do that. Yeah, no. <laughs> They're called to grow into this identity, and different people are in different places of that growth. Some have just begun, some have been more seasoned. 
They're going to help each other along. They're going to give some grace and some space to those who are kind of fumbling through it, tripping over themselves, learning to crawl, eating the milk of the faith. Those that are walking tall, those who eat the solid foods, have a responsibility to care for those. So they're called to grow into this identity and to share the message of Jesus' death and resurrection, what Paul calls the message of the cross, what we call the gospel. Nothing should get in the way of the work of their biggest yes. The message of the cross is shared verbally, sure, but Paul is going to lift up that there's a more convincing way to spread this message that currently is not getting spread because the kingdom is on full display when the body's together, united, of the same mind, knit together. And if they're not, well, it basically just takes all the strength out of the words they might proclaim. How do you say we're a family, a part of something new with one parent when we act like squabbling wrecks of people, throwing each other under the bus? There's no greater witness than us walking the walk, living the faith. Words without real impact, don't, they, don't, they don't have the display, the embodiment behind them. They don't go very far. Paul will go on to point out that they're fighting, they're arguing, they're dividing, they're taking each other to court even, is sending a message to their community. It's not the message that they intend to send. It's not the message they're called to bring. It's not a good message. They've lost sight of their bigger yes. It's being weakened by the smaller yeses. Their pride and ego need to be right, and I feel for them. We all go to that place more than we want to admit, more than we want to go. We go there. And Paul's trying to lead them back to their biggest yes. So can we relate to what's going on in Corinth? I don't think I need to beat this horse. I think it's glue already, right? All right. We see this kind of thing all around us. The world, Capitol Hill, our politics, we see it in our community, we see it in our denomination, we see it in our church, probably maybe even see it in your family and your friend circles. People forget what their bigger yes is. We do that. Being a part of the kingdom, what we do, means that we as a church and as individuals need to make sure we know our bigger yeses and we need to make sure we continue to commit to them. We've been focusing on the kingdom. and baptism, we say yes. I do, to this entire new way of life. Let me say that slowly. This entire new way of life, entirely new, different from the old. And then we live alongside our church family, learning how to live into this entirely new way of life. We don't even understand what that new way of life is when we say yes initially, but we learn and we learn from each other. There have been many saints to walk among us, amen? Our old life, our old yeses begin to fade over time because our new yes is being uplifted. We continue to center ourselves through prayer. That's what the Lord's Prayer is about, keeping our eyes focused on the bigger yes. This is what it is when we come together and we share in our covenant bond. We continue to say yes when we come to worship, rain or snow. When we come together for study, when we come together to serve the community. And then there... We continue to say yes and be very clear about who we are and what we're about, and it sends a message, whether we use words or not. Paul isn't expecting the people of Corinth to agree on everything, because that's impossible, and I don't even think that's the point. 
He lifts up that, well, there's Paul and there's Apollos and there's Peter. There's, and he's even going to talk about Apollos more. And they get along quite well, even though they don't agree. They don't, they don't go the message the same way any more than Paul or Peter does. But they have the same mind at where they're headed. We aren't supposed to agree on everything. You're never going to agree with me that IU is better. That's a joke. Some of you, okay. That dropped, didn't it? We aren't supposed to agree on everything. If we're in agreement on everything, chances are we've created an echo chamber for ourselves. You know what an echo chamber is? You just surround yourself with people who believe what you believe and all you do is get fed on what you already believe and you're never challenged with anything new and you just gain more strength and certainty in the very limited view that you've created for yourself. There's actually a uh, place you can go to on Twitter, for those of you who tweet, and you can assess how much you've created an echo chamber for yourself. It will look at who you follow and tell you, oh yeah, you've got 90% of the people that see things the same way. You've created an echo chamber, which means you're missing out on other valuable perspectives because other perspectives are valuable. The things we need to agree on, and there are, there are things we need to agree on, are being the kingdom, the things found in our creed, we believe in God, we believe in Jesus Christ, we believe in the Holy Spirit, and all the details in there were carefully crafted to help us understand the bedrock, the foundation, the doctrine, and we're to believe in the same gospel, the message of the cross. Everything else, well, we haven't been given those as doctrine, have we? There's dogma, there's opinion. Beyond those doctrinal things that we stand upon together, we acknowledge that we're a family, and there's diversity in family, and I think that that's on purpose. I think diversity and being challenged, it actually is part of this process of learning and growing. Families have a variety of yeses among them, but families share the bigger yes together. That's what Paul's talking about, the same mind, the bigger yes, the one that brings us back to the table regularly regularly, the one that brings us together to support and love one another. Because when things get scary and hairy, the little yeses don't matter anymore, do they? But the big yeses do. The bigger yes compels us to live beyond ourselves, to embody the kingdom for the sake of our world around us, to live out our mission, to make disciples of Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world. And the world will see glimpses of the kingdom in us when we're of the same mind, when we have the same yes. The message of the cross. You may say, okay, the message of the cross, not really sure what you're referencing specifically. Jesus' death and resurrection is what Paul says. He calls it the message of the cross, the message, the news, the word about Jesus' death and resurrection, or the gospel. It's a simple message. Jesus had a bigger yes to God for the world, and he gave his life for it. He pleaded for forgiveness to those who were killing him. Think about that. Jesus didn't say, now I need to make sure you understand that I'm right and you're wrong. No, he said, they don't know what they're doing. Forgive them. Forgive them. Forgive them. Bring them together. Sum all things up in me. Jesus put love and compassion and grace and truth and the biggest yes on full display for everyone to see, and it sent a message, far more than words ever could, that we might follow him as the way and the truth and the life. So let us commit to our bigger yes and the kingdom 
in the same way and of the same mind. May we embrace our bigger yes as the kingdom over anything else, that we may share the gospel in our shared lives, that we may commit to doing this above anything else that the world might invite us to do, no matter how good the opportunity might seem, that maybe the world will just start to understand how serious we really are about our yes, about our kingdom, and about our God. Amen? Amen. We thank you for joining us today, and it is our hope that you have experienced the blessing of God through our time together. If you'd like to know more about our church community and its ministries, visit our website at sellersburgumc.com.